the show the establishment warns you about. That's right. Welcome back to the Dr. Tommy Show, broadcasting from the free state of Florida from Echelon Health Studios in Tampa, Florida. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all the new subscribers and really mean it. Uh, when we first started streaming on Rumble Live, there was zero viewers, and uh, we had to do that because YouTube became what a, you know how YouTube is canceling people and such. Anyway, after the 2,000 Mules review, YouTube removed our video, so I said, screw it, we're going to move to Rumble, and now we've moved to Rumble, and it's growing, um, the show's growing, and we appreciate you sharing it, and uh, subscribing, and we appreciate you uh, listening, and you can also listen on drtommy.com slash podcast, Uh, you can get to all the different podcasting options there. A lot of things to cover today, so we're trying to get through it all. Um, big thing, the big news this week or this past week has been this revelation that the FBI has known all along that the Wuhan virus came from the Wuhan laboratory. This was, um, this was elucidated further by Christopher Ray when he said, you know, we've known for a long time now that the, uh, that the virus came from the lab. We've always suspected that it basically is what he said. And so Obviously, all of us that are out there, conspiracy theorists like myself, uh, we're thinking, well, this is interesting because why did you sit by the whole time when people were being canceled, when uh, when people were being um, told that they were liars, when people like Dr. Fauci were apparently lying, saying that it did not come from a lab, it came from a, a, a wet market, came from this um, wet market that jumped from a bat to a human and just started infecting everybody. Why is it that you just kept this under your hat? And apparently this is, a um, this is something like I said, that they've known for a long time. Um, but anyway, back to the, the point is we are uh, here sitting now knowing full well, apparently by the FBI and I guess eventually by the rest of the government, that this is actually a coronavirus that has been set upon us by the communist Chinese party. And whether or not it was done deliberately is unknown, but it's always been suspected that it was a lab leak. And it's always been suspected, at least by myself, that this was a lab leak of a terrorism weapon. And I don't think that the virus itself was the weapon. I don't think that they were developing it as a weapon. I think they were developing it as a weapon delivery system. This is no more a weapon to cause bioterrorism than the ICBM is without the nuclear warhead. The nuclear warhead, so to speak, of a potential bioweapon using the coronavirus would be when you put into the virus a very lethal, more lethal than it is, extremely deadly lethal um, uh, gene, something like that causes hemorrhagic uh, fever or, you know, think of Ebola, you know, how people who get Ebola basically are uh, untreatable and most everybody who gets Ebola dies. Think about something like that being injected into a genome of a coronavirus now, which has been optimized for delivery system. And I think that's what happened is this was a coronavirus delivery system and they were experimenting with it as governments do with bioterrorism weapons in case they needed it. And I think it got leaked out. I don't think they leaked it on purpose. The reason I don't think they leaked it on purpose was because they didn't want their own people to get killed. Now, it may have been in the future, what would be a, if you're a very devious person like James Bond villain, super villain, what you would do is you would inoculate your population against a virus and then leak it into the rest of the world. Then potentially your population is 
protected while the rest of the world perishes. And then I don't know what you do with all the, all the dead bodies after that, because basically if you put Ebola, something like Ebola, as deadly as Ebola onto a coronavirus platform and then unleashed it, then there's going to be nobody left essentially, except for the, like I said, the people who are vaccinated. But as we know now, the vaccines don't work. So maybe this whole thing is fortuitous to show the uh, evildoers who may be planning something like that, that it's not going to work because you can't protect yourself with a vaccine because the vaccines don't work. And we know that now, too. We know that. And that's not been um, admitted by the FBI as of yet. But as sure as the release of the virus was from a Wuhan lab, according to Christopher Ray, as sure as that has happened, we also knew that the vaccines didn't work. It's just no one's admitted that yet officially in the government. They say it, it still protects you. Anyway, so that's that's the big news. But if you think about it, that is huge news because think about all the death and mayhem and um, just suffering and economic damage. Uh, death, like I said, people who are... Who are who who succumb to this illness of this delivery system, this ICBM virus? Think of all those people who would otherwise be here if it wasn't for the negligence of the uh, lab. If that's where it came from, I'm not claiming I know for sure because I don't know, and no one knows except for the people who released it or the people who were in the lab. But it is surely uh, the most likely um, most likely explanation. Now. When we get to that, then we look at the cover-up. And like I said, this is the real nefarious part of it. Is not only was it released from a lab, most likely, but it was released from a lab with the full knowledge from our government that it was released from the lab. And this is this is a hat tip to the Gateway Pundit who linked to this, the Vigilant Fox on Twitter. And this is Dr. Marty McCary testifying before Congress. And he is a, uh, a, a surgeon and he is a, uh, a doctor. And here's what he had to say. Thank you, Congresswoman. The reason this is even an issue is that it's embarrassing we funded the lab. If we had not funded the lab, 100% of Americans would say this is obvious, this is a no-brainer. The epicenter of the world is five miles from one of the only high-level virology labs in China. The doctors initially were arrested and forced to sign uh, non-disclosure gag documents. The Lab reports have been destroyed. They've not been turned over. The sequences reported from the lab to the NIH database were deleted by a request from Chinese scientists that called over early on and said, delete those sequences we put in the database. And two leading virologists, maybe the two um, top virologists in the United States, Dr. Michael Farzan from Scripps and Dr. Robert Gary from Tulane, told Dr. Fauci on his emergency call in January of 2020 when he was scrambling soon after learning that the NIH was funding the lab, they both said that it was likely from the lab. Both scientists changed their tunes days later in the media, and then both scientists received $9 million subsequent in funding from the NIH. It's a no-brainer that it came from the lab. I mean, at this point, it's impossible to acquire any more information. And if you did, it would only be affirmative. So there we are from the uh, mouth of Dr. Marty McCary, who is, like I said, a, he's a professor of surgery at Johns Hopkins university. Is that not an indictment of our, of our government, of our, 
of our uh, establishment, the administration of uh, Dr. Fauci and all of the people who followed him and all the people who knew about this, how is he not in prison at this point? How is he not at least under FBI investigation? And we know the reason for that. Hoover's boys got better things to do than that. Uh, but how is it that this is not the blockbuster news that it should be? How is it that this is not, uh, how are there not congressional hearings at this point? It's just being swept under the rug as if it never happened. This is something that if we were to look at it with a, uh, with, with an honest look is something that is essentially mass murder. This is covering up mass murder because this is something that was allowed to happen. And not only was it allowed to happen, but these people who were out there trying to make the truth be known were paid off. It just keeps getting uglier and uglier and uglier. So you have these scientists who were trying to uh, break the news to Fauci and saying, hey, look, this doesn't look like it was this doesn't look like it's from a wet market. This this looks engineered. And then they get paid off. And then we're supposed to just forget about it. And Dr. Fauci is supposed to just sail into the sunset of retirement. Notwithstanding all of the damage that he had wrought after that. The lockdowns, which we're still facing, all of the damage, all of the mayhem. And it's just to allow Dr. Fauci to save face, to allow our government to save face. And also the most important thing to allow Donald Trump to be defeated so that we could use this coronavirus to change election laws. As Jane Fonda said, that coronavirus was a gift to the left. She was actually right. It was a gift to the left because if it hadn't been for the coronavirus, there was no way to change the election laws to allow all the mail-in voting that allowed Donald Trump to be defeated by a uh, completely incapacitated Joe Biden. I mean, he was incapacitated in 2020. Now he is utterly incapacitated. But it just makes me so mad that we think about this. It's not going to be... No one's going to be held to account for this. They're going to have congressional hearings. Sure, they're going to have this. They have a congressional hearing right now. But no one's going to be really held to account for it. Like I said, Hoover's boys aren't going to be able to look into this. Hoover's boys are more uh, worried about uh, sidewalk preachers in front of abortion clinics. You know, they had that Mayorkas. They dragged him in front of Congress the other day to testify about why is it that they're, uh, they're going after this this guy who shoved a uh, uh, an abortion employee or somebody who was he was in front of an this preacher was in front of this abortion center and, and I guess he was demonstrating as you're allowed to do by the First Amendment within the within the the uh, scope of the law you have to be so many feet from it and whatever the case was anyway so he was out there um, doing his thing and some abortion pro abortion guy came up and apparently shoved his son or was doing something to his son. So the preacher shoved this guy back. And then shortly thereafter, not shortly thereafter, eventually he was arrested by numerous armed Hoover's boys. And they asked my orchestra, why did you send Hoover's boys with guns drawn to go arrest this guy? And yet these 
pregnancy crisis centers, which people can go to if they have a pregnancy and they don't know what to do, that the left hates so much because what they do is they try to uh, convince the, the pregnant person not to abort their baby. God forbid we don't abort the child. They Those pregnancy crisis centers have been bombed. They have been um, vandalized. They have been terrorized by uh, Rosentis, I think is the name of it, or, or, or what they say. I forgot they say what the name of their terrorist organization is. Anyway, they have a terrorist organization that's uh, basically saying uh, we are pro-abortion and we are not going to rest until every uh, pregnancy crisis center, which promotes not aborting your child, is leveled. Jane's Revenge, I think it's called, or something like that. Something bizarre. I'm sure it's led by uh, the cream of the crop of the left. You know, very, very uh, mentally well, very well-groomed, attractive individuals, I'm sure. Anyway, so, but those, those people aren't investigated. No, we investigate the sidewalk preacher. But again, that's, that's, that's what we do here in the, in the United States. Instead of investigating Dr. Fauci and figuring out, well, who covered this up? And why is, it, why is there gain-of-function being done? Why did, after the fact, gain-of-function not, why was that not um, revealed? Why was this not revealed to the, uh, the coronavirus task force that we met with every day telling us about all of the different updates? We never got one update about, oh, by the way, we did do this little thing where we funded gain of function at the Wuhan virus lab. You know, the same Wuhan where this, this virus started, we did that. And how, you know, how come they're, you know, they never spoke about you know, by the way, this the, we had some people call us the other day and said this may this may have been a leak, and then the FBI says Hoover's boy says, well, we knew all along this was a leak. If the, if there was any real justice and if there was really any legitimacy to the criminal justice system, the Department of Justice, there would be indictments resulting from this. There would be investigations. People would be held to account legally, but there's going to be nothing, nothing, because that's the way that we run our government. I have an article here. It's called The Facade of Democracy. This is from American Greatness. This is Drew Allen. It says, during Biden's recent visit or to Kiev and uh, Warsaw, the Oval Office occupant defended his administration's escalation of the Russia-Ukraine war and pledged unlimited U.S. taxpayer support in the name of defending democracy. And he asked the questions, is Ukraine a democracy? Is Ukraine a democracy? Well, if you look at Ukraine, uh, Ukraine did have a dem- democratically elected president. This was done in um, 2010. Uh, I'm sorry, 2004. But he he was not the right guy for us. And uh, we orchestrated a coup and helped to overthrow that guy. And that guy was named Victor Yushinsko. And um, I'm sorry, not Victor Yushinsko. Uh, the West backed that guy, Yushinsko. Yushinsko. Anyway, we the guy that was elected was Victor Yanukovych. But we didn't like that guy because uh, he was pro-Russian. And maybe, and maybe we shouldn't have liked that guy. But what we did do is once we didn't like him, we helped to orchestrate a coup to get rid of them. 
And it says here, in 2004, the Bush administration and West amplified claims that Ukrainian president election had been rigged after the Moscow-backed candidate, Viktor Yanukovych, defeated the U.S. and uh, U.S.-backed candidate, Viktor Yushinsko. Uh, Western pressure combined with mass protests in Ukraine, known as the Orange Re- Re- Revolution, resulted in overturning the election results and a redo of the election that fulfilled the West's desired outcome. Yuchinsko was elected president and was elected president instead. Afterward, then President George W. Bush called the Orange Revolution a quote powerful example of democracy for people around the world. In 2010, however, Viktor Yanukovych, who had been accused of stealing the 2004 election, ran again and won. This time, his victory was accepted and the results deemed fair by international election monitors. But in 2014, after Yanukovych rejected a loan from the EU and accepted one from Russia instead, the United States backed a violent coup d'etat to oust, I'm sorry, to oust Yanukovych from power. It appears that the definition of, quote, democracy is rather fluid. In fact, it doesn't really mean democracy at all. Rather, it's an authoritarian and undemocratic term used by self-interested politicians to defend and promote their desired outcomes. Last time I checked, violent coup d'etat wasn't emblematic of, quote, democracy. It says here, the decades-long power struggle in Ukraine is not dissimilar to that in America. Our power struggle is between Democrats and Republicans, or perhaps more accurately today, between the establishment and conservatives, and in Ukraine, between pro-Moscow and pro-Western candidates. American interference on Ukrainian politics is aimed at ensuring Ukrainian embraces the West rather than Russia, and our attitudes appear to be only the ends justify the means. Now, keep that in mind. The same can be said of the Democratic Party and various bureaucracies here at home who seem to embrace lawlessness and a, quote, ends justify the means mentality when it comes to maintaining their monopoly of power in the D.C. That is correct. The very people who supported a violent coup d'etat and to oust the duly elected president of Ukraine in 2014 orchestrated a coup d'etat in the United States in an effort to oust President Trump. This was a Trump-Russia collusion coup, an attempt which ultimately failed or did it. Just as Democrats have no regard for our own election results in 2016, they had no regard for the election results in Ukraine when they successfully ousted Yanukovych. Democracy is a facade in America, and the term is thrown around by Democrats. Its new meaning is tyranny. When the term is thrown around. Voting rights, quote, quote, voting rights legislation and other Democratic-led lawsuits intended to weaken election integrity are promoted as necessary means of promoting democracy. Joe Biden calls his political opponents a, quote, threat to democracy. MAGA, Christian, and conservatives are a, quote, threat to democracy. Anything and anything, anything and everything standing in the way of the Democratic Party's agenda is a threat to democracy. Democracy today means nothing more than a fulfillment of the left's agenda and their consolidation of power. Neither Ukraine nor America are democracies. Democracy is tantamount to destruction, and both Ukraine and America are being destroyed. Democracy is under attack in the name of protecting democracy, of course. If Democrats succeed in protecting democracy in America, we won't have democracy at all. But I thought that was interesting because it's exactly right. The ends justify the means is exactly the reason that this Fauci cover-up was allowed to happen. This was the reason that the Fauci cover-up was necessary. You have to break a few eggs to make an omelet, as they say. And the few eggs to break to prevent uh, uh, prevent Donald Trump from being reelected president and continuing to, quote-unquote, drain the swamp, uh, 
was Americans. Americans were those eggs. American jobs were those eggs. American lives were those eggs. Uh, families were those eggs because those people who uh, were torn apart by the COVID propaganda, the po- COVID propagandists, you know, I saw this meme the other day. It said, what's the difference between, or, or what, what happens in, in uh, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and reality is basically six months. Six months after your conspiracy theorist, you will eventually be shown to be on team reality, as Clay and Buck say. Just like this Wuhan lab leak. But again, the ends justify the means because if the people in charge get what their desires are, then that's okay. If the people who are running Joe Biden get what their desires are, it's okay. If the the uh, the uh, ladies on the View get what their desires are, it's okay. As long as you get your desired outcome, whatever it is, the means justify the end, or the ends justify the means. But this is this is this is true, though. So this is what we're doing in Russia. I'm sorry, Ukraine, right now. So this is what we're doing. We're continuing now this thing that was started in 2004. We had a guy that we wanted to win. And he may have been the best guy. It's likely he was no better or no worse. Uh, Ukraine apparently is a uh, hotbed for corrupt politicians. Maybe even more so than Washington, D.C., which is saying something. But our guy was not the winner. So what we do, we kind of helped it along. So 10 years later, our guy or our side did win by ousting this guy. But again, the ends justify the means. And that's what they're doing here with our cover-ups, so to speak, of this uh, COVID thing. But it's not just COVID. It's everything that the left seeks to impose on us. Climate change, critical race theory. You know, we have this story here it's about critical race theory for you know critical race theory is basically marxism uh using race in place of class or race as class instead of the worker and so critical race theory is promoted almost everywhere in the government except in florida because we have a government governor who has uh governor who who's not afraid you know they had this recently there andrew Bart, breitbart this 11 years now it was 11 years to this day this was on this was uh two days ago on breitbart it says 11 years andrew breitbart's indelible legacy every day on this year we honor and celebrate the life of andrew breitbart the original happy warrior he was a giant who inspired so many of the conservative movement to fight to enjoy the fight and to never give up in the face of adversity uh, so it was 11 years ago on the 1st of March that Andrew Breitbart died. And Andrew Breitbart's legacy is a legacy of fighting and is a legacy of not being afraid. That's the main thing about Andrew Breitbart is he was not afraid. He may have been a happy warrior, but first thing he was was a fearless warrior. And we have a we have a governor who appears to be fearless. And like I said, that's the reason we don't have critical race theory taking over our government here. We actually have the opposite. 
we have efforts underway to root out critical race theory, this noxious, racist, filth garbage that is being shown, uh, promoted as some type of uh, racial healing, some type of uh, way to make things better, a way to uh, make things more equitable, as they like to use the term health or equity. This is what CRT is. And then we have this president, this president that we have now, so-called president. This guy is a, uh, a basket case. This guy is a guy who, for the early part of his career, threw in with the segregationists. This is a guy who told Charlemagne that if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Among other things, it's countless the things that Joe Biden has said about race. And so here he is acting like a bozo uh, in front of some audience celebrating Black History Month. This this is this is the promotion of uh, this is from the sitting president of the United States. This is this is the kind of racial uh, healing that you get from this guy. I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I know where the power is. I know where the po- You think I'm joking. You think I'm joking? He always says that. You think I'm joking. What does that even mean? No, I don't think you're joking. Why would I think you're joking? And then they all clap like seals. So this is, this is Joe Biden telling an audience, I may not be a white boy. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. What does that even mean? Who thinks white boys are stupid? Who thinks black boys are stupid? Who talks like this? You know who talks like this? People who in the bottom of their hearts think they're better than other people. It's this kind of fake self-deprecation saying, well, I, you know, I may not be stupid. You know, I may just be a man, but, I, you know, I may be a stupid man, but I know be- I, 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 may, I may know better or I'm, I don't know any better. I'm just a stupid man. I'm a, I'm a, I may be a white boy, but I'm not or maybe a white boy, but I'm not stupid. You know, this type of self-deprecating humor is fake. This is the people who believe they are better than you talking this way to disarm you. And how do I know this? Because, well, in particular in Joe Biden's case, just because of his history. Like I said, you don't talk like this and then tell Charlemagne in a very serious moment that if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. That's what that guy really believes. So why does all this matter? Well, this is something just I saw this morning on uh, the Gateway Pundit. It says CRT in action. Closed circuit television captures white children being rounded up by black children at Ohio school, then forced to kneel and pledge to BLM before being assaulted. Look at this picture. If you're watching on rumble, isn't that disgusting? And those children look to be smaller than these people who are rounding them up. What in the hell kind of society are we raising our children to be when this is going on in schools? This is terrorism. This is racial terrorism. You know, this is as bad as the Ku Klux Klan rounding up people. This is as bad as what the the Klan was doing, terrorizing people by race. You know, that's what the Klan was up to. And now here we have it here in our schools. And it's because of people like Joe Biden, who blithely talk about race as if it's some type of thing that you can just take on and off or wear in it in and of itself means something your skin color in and of itself means something you know this i learned a long time ago about the 
You know, he learned a long time I, I, ago. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I know where the power is. He knows where the power is. This is a, you know, this is what happens when you talk about race in such a, a flippant manner. But then you impose it through schools with a CRT, this poisonous language that teaches these children. And this is what CRT does. Teaches children that you are, by your skin color, going to be defined a certain way. And in particular, if you're white, then you have something that you have to do to make make up for your whiteness. And here's the other dangerous thing it does. It says if you're brown, if your skin color is more pigmented, then you have to have a grievance. And your grievance is against this person because of their skin color. That is pure, unadulterated racism. That is evil. That being taught to children is evil. That's like uh, in Israel, where they're where the Palestinians teach the children that the Palestinians, the Israelis, from a young age, are descended from pigs. This is sickening. It says Ohio school police are Ohio police are pursuing charges against students in a racial incident at Springfield Ohio Elementary School. Elementary school. This comes after parents complained that black children are rounding up white children at the school and forcing them to kneel and pledge the Black Lives Matter. Several of the white students were then assaulted. The police might want to arrest a few teachers and school administrators while they're at it. Yes. For, uh, story, story first broke in February, as reported by Cullen at the, the Great Gateway Pundit. But now the video has been released. Police are pursuing charges. Says some families in Springfield are concerned about sending their children to school after police said that they were investigating, quote, identified assaults at Kenwood Elementary School. These are young children, elementary school children who are involved, Springfield Police Chief Allison Elliott said to press conference. They basically told them to get on their knees and say BLM. If they didn't, if they didn't, if if he and if he didn't, they were going to beat him up. Police were called to Kenwood Elementary on February 13th about an incident that happened during recess, according to the report obtained through News Center 7. Uh, police were informed by the school's principal that, quote, a group of black students, and they capitalized black, here we go, had gathered several white students on a specific spot of the playground and forced them to state Black Lives Matter against their will. Students who tried to avoid the situation were chased down and escorted, dragged, or carried into the playground, the report alleges. The group of students also allegedly filmed the students. The group of students who also allegedly filmed the students are forced to uh, make the statement. Now, where are the damn teachers during all this? Where are the teachers? And where is the outrage? Can you imagine it for one second, one nanosecond? that the skin colors were reversed. And these were white children rounding up black children. Can you imagine for one second the outrage, justifiable outrage, that would be across the media? But no, nothing. This, is, this, this story will guarantee not make the news anywhere on the mainstream news platforms. Any of the drive-by media will not cover this at all because it doesn't fit their narrative. Like I said, the means justify the ends justify the means. 
And in order to advance to the socialist utopia that we desire, we have to have things like this. These children are eggs needed to be broken to make an omelet. And that omelet is a Marxist, American Marxist omelet. An American, American Marxist omelet where the government reigns supreme over all and uses race as a way to break people up into different groups to have them at their throats continually so that they can be commanded and told what to do so that the people who are in cahoots with the CRT groups, the people who are in cahoots with covering up uh, crimes that happened at the the highest levels of government regarding COVID, those people can be uh, rewarded for their bravery, for their their, uh, instituting the policies that are necessary in order for the state to then for therefore uh, rule over the people. But this is the sickness that we are teaching children. CRT, critical race theory, teaching people that they're different based on their skin color, that their skin color is so indelible that it commands their lives. And the, the, the real poisonous thing about this is there's an entire, and just like I said, the Palestinians and Israelis, there's an entire generation's of children who are being raised and taught from an early age. This country has it out for you. This country sucks. Your skin color is the reason that you're not going to make it because this country sucks. It's so racist. The government is, is going to help you if you elect the right people to government. If you elect Joe Biden, former, uh, former best buddies with white supremacists back in the early seventies. Now, uh, kneeler wearing Kinty cloths along with the rest of the, uh, Democrat, uh, fakers when they, when the, um, George Floyd riots were going on. Remember that, you know, you wonder how these kids get this idea to make people kneel because they see the damn president do it. They saw the damn president of the United States kneeling like an idiot And this is what they see. These kids are impressionable. They say, well, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make white people kneel. Look, look at old Joe. Look at Joe Biden kneeling for no other reason than he's white. Exactly what they did. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, all of those retreads, all of those people who are just the most vile politicians, the most um, just... All they think about is ways to manipulate people in order to stay in power. How else can you? How else can you explain it? Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden. What have they done with their lives except stay in power? And they'll do anything to stay in power. Chuck Schumer ten years ago was talking about the uh, illegal immigration is a huge problem. Fast forward ten years now, and you can see this on the internet. Ten years later, 180 degrees difference. Uh, illegal immigration is uh, is going to be our future. These guys will say anything and do anything to stay in power, including, like I said, uh, throwing in with white supremacists in the 70s when it's cool, and now saying that I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid now to a, an adoring audience. It's all fake. But the CRT stuff is just awful. It's just poisonous. And these little kids, I mean, kids are impressionable, as you know. It's the same thing they do with this transgenderism. You know, they take children who are at an age where they're very susceptible and 
kids aren't awkward. Their 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 hormones are changing. They're they're pre adolescent or maybe they're adolescent. Their hormones are changing. Their their bodies are uh, awkward. Their their legs are longer than they should be. They're uncoordinated. They're getting pimples. They're feeling a little bit. Um, they're feeling a little bit uh, just isolated already. And so what do you do? You just swoop in and you say, you know what? You know those those feelings you're having. Don't don't worry. That's because. We need to uh, get you some transgender treatments. We need to start giving you some some hormones. We're going to change you. We're going to get you some hormones. Maybe we'll get you some surgery down the way. Maybe some top surgery. Maybe some bottom bottom surgery. And then then you'll be happy. That's going to make you happy. That's going to make this normal teenage angst, pre-adolescent angst you're feeling, that's going to make it go away. These hormones are going to make it go away. This surgery is going to make it go away. You're going to have instant gratification. You're going to have, well, one thing you're going to do for sure is you're going to have instant, um, you're going to have instant uh, adulation because there's nothing more uh, accepted in normal, uh, quote unquote normal, in our popular culture than transgenderism at this point. There's no, there, there, there's nothing more celebrated than that. And so they, they, as like I said, they, they take these children who are young and impressionable. They teach them things like this critical race theory. They teach them that, you know, white children are born racist, black children are born, uh, deprived and neither, neither the two may, neither the two may mix. You know, you never can have a white child who's uh, a victim of, of something or a black child who's not a victim of something. It has to be that way. And they inculcate this in these children's minds. And if the parents, which very likely are not involved, then you have a recipe for disaster. Especially in these uh, these inner cities where they're predominantly, um, you know, high high lot a lot of minorities live in these cities, and like I said before, this is done by design. This is all done by design. The government does not accidentally. Let's put it this way: Democrat Party does not accidentally want big cities. Does not accidentally want people to have broken families by paying them subsidies to have broken families through welfare system payments, paying people not to be married, paying people to have more and more children. They do not have these, uh, these failing schools in these cities all by accident. This is all done by design. This is done to create a client constituency that will give them a voting block. And it's the same reason that the open borders are the way they are now. The borders are open because those are more client constituents to be crossing the border every day. And that's, and, that, and that's what they need. They need a permanent dependent class. And if the inner cities aren't enough or the inner cities are maybe, uh, you know, they, there's a constant need to replenish. In California, they are having rain right now. But they don't always have rain, as you know. This is from Breitbart. It says, study, California wildfires in one year erase 16 years of emissions cuts. This is from Joel Pollack. The raging California wildfires of 2020 created enough carbon dioxide emissions to offset 16 years of reductions through the state's green policies, twice over, according to a UCLA study published by Environmental Pollution. 
The 2020 California wildfire season was characterized by a record-setting year of wildfires that burned across the state of California as measured during the modern era of wildfire management and record-keeping. As of the end of the year, nearly 10,000 fires had burned over 4.2 million acres, more than 4% of the state's roughly 100 million acres of land, making 2020 the largest wildfire season recorded in California's modern history. Climate change. California's August complex fire has been described as the first, quote, gigafire, as the area exceeded Area burned exceeded 1 million acres. The fire crossed seven counties and has been described as larger than the state of Rhode Island, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it goes on to say that all of the different things that California has been doing for the past 16 years have been wiped out by these fires. It says, viewed from what the perspective, viewed from that perspective of what it means for wildlife emissions reductions for all these sectors combined, if we were going to compare reductions from 2003 to 2019, from 483 to 418 uh, millitons, or mega, what is this, MMT, I'm not sure where that measurement is, of CO2, the likely amount of increase from the fires is close to double all the emissions reductions achieved from the state from 2003 to 2019. So this admissions for these fires uh wiped out all of the gains that were made from 2003 to 2019. And so what does all this mean? Well, does this mean now that the the climate's going to change because of this? Because there was a cancellation, essentially, of the the gains made by the emissions reductions. They were canceled by these wildfires? Probably not. Probably not going to anything is going to change. Actually, the only thing that's going to change is they're going to have to get a little bit more slick with their propaganda because you can't have this type of thing out there. Because what does this mean? What does this mean, this headline? California wildfires in one year erase 16 years of admission cuts. What does that mean? That means that volcanoes, wildfires, and this is in California. Who knows what happens in you know parts of the jungle that... We don't know about when lightning strikes and there's a fire starts and there's no humans around. And it just burns like it's been doing since the beginning of time. How many emissions, how many CO2 uh, emissions does that cause? We don't know. But this, this, this type of thing makes it seem like what we're doing to fight climate change is maybe just a big uh, waste of time. Maybe it's a big, expensive waste of time. So we have to get a little bit better with our propaganda because... This is not good for, and this is what I've always thought, is that what about volcanoes? You know, we're doing all this stuff, you know, we're making people do all these crazy things in order to, uh, in order to fight, fight climate change, as it were. Because as we know, the climate can't be allowed to change. The climate has never changed in history until we got here. You know, from the beginning of time, from the Big Bang, or from Genesis, Adam and Eve, whenever... The climate has never changed. It's been static. And that's what's allowed us to live. The static climate that we've had has never changed until now. Now us evil humans have gotten here and changed the climate. And through our driving of cars, through our using of uh, plastic bottles, through our uh, air conditioners, through our eating of meat, through our failure to eat bugs, through our use of air conditioners, 
We have calls to climate to suddenly change. And because of this, we're all going to die soon. If we don't implement all of these grand schemes that uh, have been put forth by people like Gavin Newsom and uh, the people who run Joe Biden. But here we have this study that says California wildfires in one year erase 16 years of emission cuts. That makes it look like, well, all, all for naught that we've done. But as we know, the climate's always changed. The climate will always continue to change. The uh, Sahara Desert didn't always be, was not always a desert. You know, uh, used to be able to walk from uh, Sarah Palin's house in Alaska to Russia through a, through a land bridge called the Bering, over the Bering Strait. There was a ice bridge there. So anyway, the uh, the climate's always changing. It's always going to change. And it doesn't matter if you have wildfires because either uh, aliens made the earth or God made the earth or the Big Bang made the earth and it was just all kind of sequential. And now we started from gas to solids to water to chemicals to amino acids and then a little hot mix and then a cell formed and another cell formed and they got together and they made a a fish and then the fish went on land and the fish started to talk and then it became a gorilla and then it became a human so either that happened or god made us or some ancient alien race created us either way whatever you think uh happened that all happened and it's been going on for so long that the earth has kind of figured out how to handle wildfires just like the earth is probably figuring out what to do with CO2 from your exhaust pipe. You know, they make these things called trees. And trees are, uh, love CO2, it happens. It happens to be that trees and grass and things like that eat CO2 for a living. And so maybe it's maybe it's okay. Maybe it's all going to work out. And maybe these California wildfires erasing 16 years of admission cuts in Gavin Newsom's paradise of uh, the People's Republic of California Maybe it's going to be all okay. Maybe it's not the end of the world. Maybe we can just sit back and relax and enjoy um, enjoy our lives a little bit more. But these admission cuts, in the meantime, there's a lot of people who made a lot of money off those admission cuts. And that's what I think the real, um, that's what the real, real problem is, is how to keep the, how to keep it going so we can get this money to put into these programs. This is from the Daily Caller. Biden's EPA has already poured nearly $1 billion into climate grants this year. The Environmental Protection Agency announced over $250 million in grants are available to fund plans for projects combating, quote, climate pollution on Wednesday, pushing the total number of climate grants announced this year to nearly $1 billion. Cha-ching! That's the key. These funds include $3 million for every state, $1 million for each of the 67 most populated metropolitan areas, Democrats, and a total of $25 million to be distributed among Native American tribes, according to the EPA press release. The grants are among the first in the, uh, President Joe Biden's new $5 billion climate pollution reductions grant programs, which was created by the Inflation Reduction Act. There's no way... In my mind, there's no better way to fight inflation than to give $5 billion in grants to businesses and companies that probably will do nothing other than then spend that money not producing anything other than uh, stuff like uh, windmills and solar panels and think tanks and things of that nature and study groups and um, 
that basically uh, exist just to uh, just to exist. They don't really change anything. If anything, they make the the, the um, pollution problem worse. As you know, if you've watched the um, watched the documentary "Planet of the Humans" by Michael Moore, it's actually very informative about what happens to solar panels after ten years. Do they continue to work, or do they need to be replaced? And when you get rid of a solar panel, can you recycle it or not? Uh, a little spoiler: you cannot. Anyway, so this is where the this is what the this is the climate change. Uh, this is really the climate change community is invested in continuing climate change for the reason that it makes them huge amounts of money. And so the people who did all the emission cuts in California who are in charge of all those programs from the years 2003 to 2019, which were wiped out in one year of wildfires, it doesn't really matter that their cuts that they worked so hard on were wiped out because in the end, the earth was going to be fine anyway. But what does matter is they got paid and these people are going to get paid. And these are these are the people who are, who are making out, and these are the people who uh, these are the smartest among us, really, because they have understood that the way to get rich today is not necessarily to make something. The way to get rich is to partner with the government, and you get rich by partnering with the government, and you have them mandate that your product be used. That's the best way to get rich. The very best way to get rich. You can make something like Facebook and get rich, which honestly, I can't understand why the people who run a Facebook are so wealthy because I have no use for Facebook at all. But I know a lot of people do, but you can make something. But the real way to get rich is to mandate something and have the government mandate your product be used. Think health insurance. Health insurance is such a, oh, such an interesting topic because we as a American people view health insurance as a necessity. Health insurance is your ticket to life. If you don't have health insurance, the chances are uh, you're playing with fire. Chances are that you're going to possibly get some type of disease that if it doesn't kill you, it's going to completely bankrupt you. And some of that may be true. But a lot of that's created too. There's a there's a reason that the health insurance industry has been promoted by the government and by the health insurers because they're they work hand in hand. Uh, it's kind of like a money money laundering operation. Uh, Rush used to explain it with the with the unions. Uh, unions uh, get grants from the government or they get special contracts with the government. They get treatment from the government that allows them to make a lot of money. And then they return some of that money uh, to the politician who created the policies that allow them to. And so it's this endless loop. Well, such is the same thing with the government. The government mandates certain things like Obamacare. And the government mandates that, uh, you know, these big insurance companies mandates that their product be sold to you. And at least until recently, not only was it mandated to be sold to you that if you didn't buy it, you were fined. Uh, That was one of the miracles of Paul Ryan's Congress is that he is actually able to pass something to get rid of the individual mandate or at least make it zero. Actually, they didn't get rid of it. 
which is the real tragedy in and of itself, is they did not just wipe out the mandate. They left the mandate there. They just made the mandate zero. But because the mandate is still there, do you know that to this day you can't buy catastrophic insurance? Because the law still exists that insurance has to cover certain things. And catastrophic insurance, major medical insurance, it just covers basically like hospitalization, you know, critical illnesses that cost lots of money. You still can't buy that insurance unless you're less than 30 years old or unless you demonstrate a financial reason that you can't which there is no financial reason you can't because the government's always going to give you money to buy these products. But that's the thing I'm telling you. The government is working in collusion with the with these insurance companies to make their products mandatory to buy, expensive products at that. And then if you can't afford them, uh, then they used to punish you by doing a mandate. Now if you can't afford them, you're just out of luck because you can't get a catastrophic plan because the mandate's still there even though the uh, the penalty is $0. Anyway, so these companies get very wealthy and then they donate back to these uh, uh, corrupt politicians who just continue the cycle, who continue to uh, look past the fact that Americans aren't allowed to buy catastrophic insurance because they did not get rid of the individual mandate. They just made the fine zero. If Paul Ryan was a real true hero, he would have, if he was a real true conservative, let's put it this way, not... Forget heroes. Let's just say if he was a real true conservative, they would have put in that bill, he and Mitch McConnell, who were both in charge of the House and the Senate respectively at the time, and had Donald Trump in the White House, they could have got rid of everything to do with Obamacare that infringes upon the rights of individuals. But they didn't. They only went in one toe, one toe in. They couldn't go all the way in. But that's the way you really get rich is you do that. And the, and then people think that if you don't have insurance that you can't get medical care and they're right, but there used to be a time, not you're right. It's harder to, let's put it that way. There's some doctor's offices who won't take you if you don't have insurance. We've tried to refer people for things and uh, the, the uh, medical office says we, we, for lack of a better words, we discriminate against cash pay. If you have cash, we don't want to see you. They don't want people uh, paying cash because they would rather just have that card. And a lot of people would rather have their card. But what that card is, is like a ticket. It's a, it's a membership ticket to uh, a medical fantasy world where everything, all the prices are inflated. Uh, nothing's, no, the prices are real. None of the prices are based on uh, market value. They're based upon uh, values made up out of thin air, really. Um, we had a patient that had a CT scan done in the ER, $6,500. Outpatient CT scan cost about $200. So $6,300 difference between getting an x-ray done or sorry, a CT scan done in the ER versus $200 if you get it done as outpatient. You say, well, you're paying because it's an emergency, blah, 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 whatever. The point is, is it's, an, it's a CT scan. A CT, a CT scan is a CT scan. And there's no way that a CT scan can cost $6,500 if you pay for it one way or $200 if you pay for it another way. But that's what uh, that's what we've done with our with our um, insurance system, and that's why insurance companies are very uh, wealthy. Is because they have a mandate that you have to buy their product, and they also have this um, belief amongst the population that if you don't have insurance, then you're going to die. Really, what should be happening is people should be allowed to buy insurance according to their needs, and those who do not need insurance to cover doctor visits medications, routine medical procedures such as uh, 
you know, even up to, you know, surgery, they should be able to choose what they want covered. They should be able to say, look, I don't want to pay for anything unless it's $10,000 or more. Or I don't want to pay for anything. They may be wealthy and they may have a lot of money put aside. They say, I don't want anything covered unless it's uh, $100,000 or more, or maybe even more. You know, who knows? But people should be allowed to pick insurance according to their needs, but they're not allowed to do that now because of the government, because the government has decided we need to reward this industry by making their product mandatory and making people buy an expensive version of their product. It'd be like if you were forced to buy a certain type of refrigerator. You may say, well, I don't want a refrigerator that has Bluetooth. I don't care about that. I don't want a refrigerator that has a, uh, a uh, television, sc- television screen on the front. I don't want a refrigerator that I can, um, you know, that, that does any number of things that these refrigerators do nowadays. I just want a refrigerator to keep beer cold in my garage. That's all I want. Well, you're not allowed to have that. That's not considered good enough. You need one that has Bluetooth. You need one with a television screen on front. Uh, you need one that'll tell you when you're out of milk. You need one that has a camera in it so you can look inside and see when you're at the store, if you need beer or not. And you say, well, I, I just, I can remember if I need beer or not. No, 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 no. You have to have that. It's the same thing with insurance. It says, well, I don't need a doctor. Uh, I don't need to pay for the doctor because I, I have a concierge doctor and I don't have many specialists. And if I do have specialists, I'll pay out my HSA. And I don't have any medications or the medications I have are generic and they're very cheap. So I don't need medication coverage. And then the government comes along and says, oh, no, 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 that's not good enough. You got to have coverage for that. You got to have coverage for, you know, you got to have first dollar coverage for to go into the doctor. You have to have a copay. You can't just be paying out of pocket. You have to have you have to have a copay only and your copay can be $50 maybe or maybe 20. And then the key is too just to finish up about these government programs that make insurance mandatory is these noxious commercials where they say, I, I didn't realize that I could get health insurance for nothing. Or I have a family of four and our health insurance is only $20 a month. What they fail to say is the reason that all that is possible is because they aren't paying for their health insurance. Someone else is their neighbor likely is paying for their health insurance. Certainly other taxpayers are, it may be their next door neighbor even. It may be someone in their family, maybe their brother, but because people are subsidized, because people can't afford these high prices, the government swoops in and subsidizes with other taxpayers' money so that the insurance companies can be made whole. Yeah, it's enough to make you want to get out of the practice of of that type of medicine. Oh, I did. I did. All right. That's enough for this week. If you are interested in joining us, uh, go to drtommy.com slash podcast. All the different audio options are there. Then you can always watch us on Rumble. And then also, if you're interested in uh, learning more about our type of practice, go to uh, drtommy.com. You can come visit us at Echelon Health Studios in Tampa, Florida. So have a good weekend and uh, be safe. Until next time, bye-bye.